Welcome to Spiritual Psychology. My name is Renee Valley McKenna, and I bring my 30 plus years as a recovering addict and ex-crazy person turned therapist and shamanic healer to bring you snackable teachings on spirituality, psychology, and all things personal growth. And today I want to talk about the archetype of mother. Everyone has a mother, whether you love her, find her annoying, or have no relationship with her at all. We each have our own unique relationship with this concept. And for many of us, there's a shared cultural conception of what a mother should be that we may be unconscious about. And these unconscious shared beliefs or images can have tremendous power in our life. The archetype of mother is often an idealized, almost goddess-like conception of unconditional love, compassion, patience, nurturing, selflessness, generosity of form and spirit, and selfless attention and interest in those she cares for. My own mother died when I was 42, and the saddest thing about her passing was that I wasn't sad. It's a bit of a cultural taboo to even say that, that it was a relief when my mother died, but it was. She had been a frail and sickly person most of my life, Our relationship had always been superficial and distant. Her father had been an alcoholic, and my own addiction bloomed very early and drove a nail in the coffin between us. She told me herself when I was 16, I can't let myself get close to you. It's too painful. I've worked with many people who have a mother wound, and it presents very different than a father wound. And the fascinating thing about humanity is that You can have a hundred people in the same circumstance and each of them will relate to it in a different way. For me, I swore I would never be like my mother. In fact, I often made decisions based on the idea of doing the opposite of what my mother would do. Although it's very interesting because there have been some really profound and mysterious repetitions in my own life of my mother's experience. Probably the biggest deviation between myself and Fran, that was my mother's given name, is that as constricted and kind of dehydrated as she was, kind of fearful, socially anxious, self-centered and unloving, I became a caretaker and a caregiver, often the path of the wounded healer, another really interesting archetype that I'll look at some other time. In my own personal growth work, I came to see that I was constantly trying to fix the broken toys of the world in an attempt to give others what had never been given to me, because I felt like a broken toy myself. It remains a pattern I continue to have to keep my eye on that I will often give too much and become depleted and not have enough inflow to be full and nourished myself. My relationship with my mother was a source of so much pain for me. In fact, I blamed her for almost every problem of my life, which was quite convenient and untrue, because ultimately we are all responsible for our own experience. That took me a few decades in therapy to figure out, but I never wanted to have my own children. I didn't want to subject anyone to being a child. I was also terrified that if I had children, they would feel about me the way I felt about my mother, which must have been terrible for her. Because she was really a damaged person. I do believe now she did the best she could with what she had. And it certainly turned me into a very compassionate therapist. But in having my own children, I discovered that I was measuring myself against that same idealized archetype of mother. 
what kind of a mother did I want to be? And conscious motherhood has been one of the most healing and transformative experiences I've had in my life. I did not treat my children the way that my mother treated me, and I remain profoundly grateful for the deep love and connection that I share with my children. But their experience of me has been far from perfect and brought me to a deeper understanding of the problem of this idealized archetype we all hold of mother. Mother's Day was always excruciating for me because we're supposed to pick out a card. Try to find a card that feels authentic when you don't like or feel close to your mother. I would just try to find one with a flower that just said, Happy Mother's Day, and didn't have any of those flowery hallmark poems in them that always made me want to throw up in my mouth. In fact, that perfect mother image that I held somewhere in my psyche caused me tremendous suffering. Even that word. Words are incredibly powerful. The word mother holds an enormous library of feelings, connection, ideas, images, for me, of what a mother should be. And my poor, anxious, often manipulative little Fran could not measure up. And I was constantly judging her against that idealized image. I didn't even know I was doing it. But I felt gypped that I got this mother. And although it drove me to be an excellent caretaker for everyone else, there was a deep, almost spiritual resentment against the universe that I got deprived. And it was around the time when I was contemplating if I was going to have children of my own or not. And I had my kids late. I was 39 and 41 when my children were born. And I wasn't ready a minute before either of them. But somewhere in the time before I got pregnant, it was suggested that perhaps I stop using the word mother in relationship with Fran and to just call her Fran. Now, I actually never did that to her face because she wouldn't have understood what I was doing and was from a generation where calling your mother anything but mom would have been really disruptive for her. So it wasn't worth it to try to have that conversation But within my own head and in conversation with my friends and in my own personal growth work, I started to call her Fran. And it completely changed my inner relationship with her. She was no longer constantly compared against the divine feminine, which is really what we're talking about with the mother archetype is an aspect of divinity, what I call the great mother. And I could just see her for who she really was as an imperfect human with her own difficult life experience, genuinely trying to do a difficult job with limited resources. I don't try to grant anybody absolution, but I have forgiven her. And seeing her as an actual human rather than an archetype made a tremendous difference. And it's interesting to think about these pronouns that we have. Sister, grandmother, father, daughter. What do those things mean? They're archetypes. Now, certainly, they're words of relationship so that we can describe our relationship with these different people, but they hold a lot of meaning. And if that meaning is painful, if those people aren't living up to the idealized image that goes with those words, we might want to question that. There is nothing good about constantly finding someone lacking, including ourself. And there's great value in being with what is with the unique configuration of the individual person we're talking about. Now, archetypes can be very instructive, but they're also really culturally bound. What it means to be a wife or a mother or a daughter or a granddaughter is very different in different cultures 
different regions, different religions. And we need to ask ourselves if those cultural norms actually apply to us. Is that what I'm interested in? One of the great benefits of working shamanically is that we can access the energy of archetypes directly. The gods and goddesses of Hindu cosmology and Tibetan Buddhism also offer these opportunities. Ways to access these idealized forms. The Greek gods and goddesses held this same opportunity. That we can access these aspects of higher consciousness if we're interested in doing that and kind of channel them into our own life for the benefit of ourselves and those around us. My own relationship with God has always been with the goddess since I first embarked on spiritual practice in my 20s. It was the divine feminine that I needed to hold and love and care for me in the way that I had never experienced. And the Great Mother remains a center post of my own stability and spirituality, although I certainly benefit greatly from Jesus and Buddha and a huge array of human male teachers. But I've been on kind of a mother quest in my life. I've gathered many human mothers. I was an only child. I've always been kind of hyper-social and had a knack of inserting myself as the extra kid in large families. Ones that usually had really warm and generous mothers. A lot of my own emotional stability and nourishment comes from earth-based spirituality. And the earth itself, the trees, plants, and flowers in particular, is a very grounding maternal presence for me. Another way to access the archetype of the great mother in a really direct way. Mother Earth holds us to her with gravity like a perpetual hug. It was probably around the age of 50, and my mother had been long dead, that I feel like I crossed over into full adulthood. I was no longer seeking someone to be my mother. I already had my own children, but I consciously stopped seeking to be mothered by the older, wiser women in my life. And some of that was informed by a pretty dramatic ending of a long-term relationship with a spiritual teacher that I felt deeply disappointed by. And as I did my own work on the ending of that relationship, looking at my part in it, because we have a part in everything, I realized that once again, I was wanting her to be the archetype of mother and not her quirky, fallible human self. And it was time to grow up. Growing up takes a long time. We get a long time here. I'm still in the growing up process. If I'm lucky, I maybe get another 30 years to go. And the archetype of mother remains a teacher for me. Not necessarily a role model. I have no desire to be Quan Yin or the Virgin Mary. I just made an appointment to get the next installment on my sleeve tattoo for my left arm. So this mother may be more of a motherfucker than a... <laughs> <laughs> than an idealized mother, but I'm having fun, pursuing passion, and continuing to benefit from this infinitely generative, creative feminine force that I very intentionally connect with in the divine feminine. Hindu cosmology has a range of goddesses, Parvati, Saraswati, Durga, and Kali, each of them holds a different aspect of the divine feminine. The mother, the good wife and homekeeper, the elegant hostess, colorful, creative, and artistic, the knife bearer, the fierce feminine, 
cutting through the illusions of fear and separation. And for me, they're all an aspect of the ever-expanding archetype of mother in my own life. So I encourage you to examine your own relationship with the archetype of mother, with the imperfect human who bore you, with your own relationship with what it means to be a mother if you have your own children. And this is not just for women, because we all hold masculine and feminine within us. And how we bring love in our lives, in our intimate relationships, in our friendships, into our work life and social circles, into our family, our sexuality. We're deeply informed by this central principle of mother. And there's always opportunity to grow and heal and change those perspectives if the ones that we hold don't serve us. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to do a free webinar on shamanism later this month. If you're interested to find more about that, you can check out the link in the show notes. We're getting ready to launch our first Open Door Growth digital course, Intro to Shamanism, Lower World. Check us out on Instagram, at Open Door Growth. And if you want to find out how spiritual psychology might benefit you in your life or learn more about my three-month mentorship program, shoot me an email, info at reneemckenna.com. Deep gratitude to my supporters on Patreon. Blessings on your path until we meet again. This is Renee LaValle McKenna for Spiritual Psychology.